Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Another win, another uh, another big win. I guess we can keep calling them that. Uh, I know the playoff uh, the playoff hopes are still slim, but they're keeping it alive. They keep going. They win two in a week against the Islanders, and uh, things are looking good. These young players continue to perform, continue to produce. Uh, what a game out of Jake Voracek. I'm sure that hit will come up at some point, but the game Jake played, uh, you know, he puts up the points, he makes some plays, but, man, on uh, just little moves in the vision. When I talk about why Jake Voracek frustrates me, and that's where we're going to start tonight, because I thought Jake, uh, outside of all the nonsense at the end, uh, I thought Jake was a huge uh, part of today's game. When I talk about why Voracek frustrates me, it's because I think he's this good. I think he's this guy who can, uh, like on that um, that give-and-go play uh, through the neutral zone and everything, uh, I think he can just have those shifts, have those games where he dominates and just does what he wants out there. And when he doesn't do it, I'm just left wondering, where is that guy? I realize not everyone's on top of their game all the time. No one, uh, no one can be at peak performance all the time. But it always just seems to me as if there's more with Voracek. And when I watch a game like tonight's, I feel like I'm right, you know? I, this is who I think Jake can always be. Uh, and it's just not there all the time. But I am enjoying the hell out of it right now. He's on a very good run of hockey uh, and tonight is just another uh, just another example that uh, you all know I'm a Voracek fan, but I'm not above criticizing him when I feel it warranted. I think he played one hell of a game tonight. Uh, Brian Elliott made some stops. He's still doing it. Uh, tell me, every single one of you, I, I had my hot takes ready. When he fell backwards, uh, the puck leaked in, but it was well after the whistle. Uh, he fell backwards, and then the trainers came out onto the ice. Um, tell me every single one of you wasn't locked and loaded with, see what happens when you play him this much? Because I certainly was. Uh, but credit to him for uh, for staying in the game and finishing this one out. Played well. Uh, what was his final line? Uh, Islanders only had 27. Flyers only had 25. So, yeah, Elliot made, uh, Elliot made 25 stops. 25 out of 27 for a 926. <sighs> Good game for Elliot. I want to. If I can't be watching Hart, they said Hart is healthy, but they're gonna get him some practices and stuff before they get him in a game. They expect him to play in at least one this week. Um, I I'd, I want to be watching Talbot because I want to be I want to be evaluate. I want the team to be evaluating him to see if he is the guy to be in the tandem with Carter Hart next year. Um, but I. I appreciate Brian Elliott's effort. I really do. Um, he's not coming I, – I think the chances are very slim. I guess you can't say he's not, but I think the chances are very slim. Uh, he will be in orange and black next season. Um, this playoff push is what it is. I, I, again, odds are low they make it, but at least they're making it interesting down the stretch. Um, I, I appreciate Elliott's effort and all that. I just kind of – I'm moving, we've moved on, like we've moved on from Andrew, and obviously Brian Elliott isn't, you know, the Andrew McDonald of goaltenders, not, 
not even close. Um, but like we've moved on from a guy who's probably not going to factor into the future in Andrew McDonald. And the more they don't play him, the more excited I get for him uh, to be, whether it's bought out or traded with retaining some salary for the final year or buried in the AHL, whatever it is, I'm, we're moving on. Like, I just, uh, I want to continue this moving on process. And it would be one thing if I thought Elliot and Talbot were in a competition um, to come back next season, but I just don't see how the Flyers can possibly come back with Brian Elliott and think, oh, yes, he will stay healthy. I just – I don't see it, not at this age, not at his playing style. Um, I think it would be great if he could, but I just – when you talk about learning from your mistakes, how can you make the same mistake again? Um, let me, what else? Provorov's rush. That rush Provorov went on to set up the Hartman goal. Just more – like, you know, Provorov and Ghost – both having, um, let's call them down seasons. That's just one of those little flashes. That, uh, I'm all in on Patrick, Konechny, Limblom, Sanheim, and Myers um, being the players they're showing. I'm finally sold that this is who they are. Um, if Provorov and Ghost can get back to that level that I think that of what they are, uh, that's that's huge. And I think Provorov flashed it a little bit tonight on that rush, which is just an example of, Right. Remember, he's still a good hockey player. All right, let's get to your stuff. Let's just hear your uh, questions and comments. That's really all I have on today's game. Let's hear what you have to say. If Boychuk lands that hit, does he get a five-minute penalty? I don't think he was going for a hit. I think he was pursuing the puck, and Jake got in his way and cut him off. I think that's a dirty hit by Jake. I do think that's a dirty hit by Jake. I don't think it's suspendable or anything, but I thought a five-minute major was warranted. I will say the Islanders straight up embarrassed themselves the way they went after Jake at the end, well, if you're going to jump the guy, jump the guy. Beat the shit out of him. Like, go get him. Like, uh, I, I, can't re- I, who, I can't remember who it was, but takes a like a 10-stride f- like uh, run at Jake and doesn't move him. Like, <laughs> fucking, if you're going to jump the guy, jump the guy. You just made an ass of yourself. Uh, like, I, I was embarrassed for the Islanders at the end there. I, I think that's a bad play by Jake. Um, I think it was called correctly on the ice. I think... He is has no intention of playing the puck and basically throws his body backwards and his arm comes up high on a player that's completely ineligible to be hit. I think it's a dirty play. Um, I don't think it's suspension worthy. I don't think he should be fine or anything like that. Um, I don't think Jake is a dirty player. I just thought that play itself was dirty and they called it on the ice and that was that. The way the Islanders responded, Jesus, first of all, get over it. Uh, and if you don't do so, actually do something about it, like, like trying to get the guy and then like just doing, Oh shit, we're here. It, it, maybe they don't really like, uh, maybe they don't really like boy Chuck. Um, I always go back to, um, Keith Jones talking about when he ran Hasek twice in that playoff series. And he says he just did it the first time to do it. And he got jumped of course, cause he ran the goalie. But he didn't get punched in the face one time. So he was like, they don't really have his back. So he did it again. Like, maybe that, maybe Boy Chuck doesn't have a ton of friends in that locker room. Uh, I like how all the Islanders got upset over their own guy. Uh, now, that's, guys, that's not what happened. That was not a good hit. That's not a good hit. Playing Elliot right to the IR, I see. I, pff, 
I really thought he was coming out of that game, and I had my, oh, see what happens when he play him this much in a row, tweet, ready to go. Uh, not that I'm, like, happy he's injured or anything. Like I said, I appreciate what Brian Elliott's done, and uh, he's battled through injuries for this team over the last two years, and I appreciate that. But the way they're using him is setting him up to be injured. Elliott did good. He, I, I had no problem for him. Why did we trade for Talbot? That's a great question. Um, listen, I get it. Stolarz was going to leave as a UFA, but Talbot's a UFA as well. So uh, if you're not going to get a look at him, how are you going to properly evaluate whether he's the guy or not? I, I don't. I don't really understand the. Uh, I don't really understand the uh, the strategy here. I, I don't understand the thinking and playing Elliot this much, especially given the situation. But Scott Gordon is coaching for his job, and a guy coaching for his job is going to play the goalie he thinks is going to win that game. He's come to the conclusion that that goalie is Brian Elliott um, in all these in all these games since Hart went down, basically, except for what Talbot get one. Um, I don't love it, but I I understand. Like I, I get why he's doing it. It's just one of those situations where. I understand front offices don't like to come in and tell a coach what to do, but at the same time, you got to get on the same page. We got to be working towards the same things here. I understand the big picture and the small picture, and the coach has to stay focused on just the day-to-day, but uh, it's just it just doesn't seem like the right thing to be doing. Brian Elliott sure ain't a conventional goalie. He's not. And that's one of the things when I talk about his playing style. Uh, the way, like, I just think this workload and his playing style is setting him up to go back on the IR. And now with, what do we have, 15 games left or whatever it is, it's not that big a deal from a roster management standpoint because it's not we're not going to be depending on him to be ready for next year or anything. But I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Does the recent play prove Hack and Hex were the problem? I mean, most of these guys are Hextall's guys, right? So I don't really think I don't really think that has much to do with it. Um, I think goaltending was the problem. And listen, I want to blame I want to blame Dave Hextall for all the ills of the world. Believe me, I would love it. Screw Dave Hextall. But team, this team goes on runs like this. We've seen it with him. We or we're seeing it with Gordon. We saw it. Uh, we saw last year with Hack. They, they've been going on late-season runs for like seven years now. They did it with Barubi. Like, this is just what this team does. Um, the fact that Gordon is maybe getting the most out of Nolan Patrick, out of Oscar Lindblom, out of Travis Sanheim, I think that's a positive. I don't know how much of it is actually Gordon and how much of it is they're just good players finally be, being given – the opportunity to consistently get the opportunity, you know, they're consistently getting to be in the, in the role that they're supposed to be in. Like it's not Oscar Lindblom on the fourth line or TK on the fourth line or whatever. Like they're all doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's not Sandheim being scratched six nights in a row and then coming back and playing 12 minutes and then sitting two more games, coming back, playing 15 minutes. Like They're using Sandheim like a first pair defenseman. And, oh, my God, he's playing like one. Like <laughs> While I want to credit Scott Gordon for doing it, uh, like I, that's, I, I blame Hackstall for that, absolutely. But overall, the wins and losses – this team goes on runs. Uh, it would, 
listen, if they come back with Scott Gordon, if Scott Gordon is the guy that they deem the head coach and uh, this team is this good from the start of the season next year, I'll go, oh, I was wrong. Scott Gordon is one hell of a coach. Way to go, Scott. Uh, awesome hire. Uh, awesome hire, Chuck Fletcher, you know? Um, but right now my assessment is he's just, A, not Dave Haxtell, and, B, this is just what this team does. Scotty G has some sort of crush on Elliot. Hart and Talbot, please. Go fishing L's. Well, Hart is just now healthy. Uh, they want to get him some practice time before throwing him back into a game. I understand that part. Um, but yeah, Talbot at least should be getting some of these. Um, I don't really under, I don't get the disconnect between, yeah, I, I, I do because it's an interim coach coaching for his job. So when I say I don't get it, I'm not being truthful because I do. I just don't like it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I just don't like it. Lawton had a great game. His stick checking and positional play, great. Yeah, he had the, uh, he had the defensive play that led to the Konechny goal. That was great. Um. He makes the he makes the diving play, ghost headmans it. TK on the three on one, really good job by the other two guys as well. I mean, TK rips that short short side shot. That was great. Uh, nice goal for TK. He's really breaking out um, after another bad first half, but less productive than I expected. First half, he was like half a point a game in the first half, and he just needs to be way better in that. He has been very good since. Um, uh, Ghost driving the net and Raffle hanging back as the trailer. That really, uh, th- I think they mentioned it on the broadcast, maybe at intermission. I think that really threw off the defense and just gave uh, TK all the time and space in the world. Uh, they're playing the pass, and he just rips that short side shot. Um, really nice play there by him. So far, Knight has two own goals. Ah, oh, man, I could really do without uh, Corbin Knight and Phil Veroni. I could really do without those two. Um, like I said, if I'm if Andy Mack is out of the lineup and I'm getting everything else I want, I'm not going to sit here and complain about the 11th and 12th forwards. All right, I'm going to sit here and complain about the 11th and 12th forwards for just a minute. Uh, I, I, I guess if they just don't have anybody else, it's whatever. Um, I thought Justin Bailey was doing a decent enough job. I would like to see him up, I guess, but what's the difference really i just like to see him skate and he was he's got a little bit of size but um what did they end up even playing tonight veroni 10 20 and corbin knight 1204 but a minute and a half of that is shorthanded so yeah like 10 minutes a piece for knight and veroni it's not the end of the world or anything um but geez man like we don't have anyone to play over those two Really, those are these are two of our twelve. That's what we've decided. I, I, I just whatever. Rice pudding is actually good and delicious. I don't know what we're talking about here, fam, but I'll agree with you there. I fucking love rice pudding. Four shots in the second, three goals. I'll take seventy-five percent. Yeah, that's the uh, the Flyers really didn't play all that well. They made big plays that led to goals, um, but. I thought the Islanders really just, like, literally whiffed on a bunch of chances, missed the net, hit posts. Like, I thought they just had terrible luck tonight and then fell apart for stretches that allowed the Flyers to really take advantage and good on the Flyers for doing so. That's what you're supposed to do, take advantage of the other team's mistakes. Um, But in terms of, like, the game and the scoreboard, 
The Islanders had the puck a whole hell of a lot more, and I think they created a ton of uh, of pretty dangerous chances that really the Flyers got lucky on. Just whiffs, bouncing. There was a ton of bouncing pucks both ways tonight, but uh, like just a, a couple of oper- like good scoring chances for the Islanders there. Um, puck hops over the stick. They missed the net. Something. It's weird night for for the Islanders. Um, this I don't think this was one of the better Flyers wins in this in this stretch of of uh, you know of, of strong hockey here. But hey, man, take the two points any way we can get them. Uh, and I am. I would really. It's not going to happen. Oh man! For the first time all season, when I look at the last ten, I feel like the Islanders are under five hundred. They are at, what are they at? 85 points. So they're still four up on Pittsburgh and, yeah, six up on Carolina and Columbus. So, I mean, I would just love to see. I'm enjoying this Islanders run. The Islanders fans are super salty about Tavares and them being good is, uh, like, I, I understand it. I would be puffing my chest out, too, if I was them. Um But it would be funny, although, oh, we don't even need Tavares. He was holding us back. That whole crowd, if they just fucking collapsed down the stretch, that would be hilarious. I like that shirt, Bill. Thanks. It's uh, Phila Philadelphia. I believe this is on Blue Meanie's Pro Wrestling Tee. Blue Meanie, Philadelphia legend. Uh, big fan of the Meanie. I believe that this shirt is on his Pro Wrestling Tee site. Uh, I'm almost positive. Might be Joey Styles, but I'm almost positive it's Blue Meanie. Stoli is suffering in Edmonton. Poor guy. Oh, my God. That organization is just, ugh. Good team win, but I can't believe Elliott is starting. Any chance he's actually competing against Talbot for the backup position next year? That's something I just touched on a bit, but I can't imagine that they're willing to uh, to roll the dice on that again, knowing how this season went. And there are a lot of things that went wrong. I can't just blame it on Elliot and, of course, Neuvert, who I just forgot about until right now. Um, But you can't let goaltending hold you back again. Listen, you you get good goalie nights, you get bad goalie nights, but consistently goaltending has killed this team this year, especially in the first half of the season when they were just dog shit. Um, You can't possibly allow – that to happen again, especially if we're looking to take the step forward that we were supposed to take this year. That's the biggest thing to me. Um, and uh, just from a psyche standpoint, I don't want Phil Myers on the ice, uh, like a minus four one night. And it's like one of them is really on anyone but the goalie, you know, and that was happening quite a bit uh, in the beginning of this season and last season as well. I just, uh, I love Brian. I really appreciate Brian Elliott and what he's tried to do for this team in playing through injuries, coming back too early, and just trying to be there for the playoffs last year. Coming back now, when I think the best thing for him to have done was um, sit out and get healthy and try to convince teams, "No, I'm a hundred percent." I think, I, to his credit, he's he you know bet on himself. Really, uh, I would have said, "No, I'm banged up." and try to get, you know, a tryout or something this summer. But uh, I think he's proving to teams that he can still play when he's healthy. The concern to me is health. I just can't imagine going in with uh, a 30 – what will he be next year, 35? 
34, 35 year old goalie um, with his, you know, injury history over the last 18 months. It's not little things. It's we're talking about core muscles and lower body and all this, like it's all of the goalie strength and flexibility. So I just, I can't imagine that's when he's 33. When's his birthday? April 9th. So he's going to be 30 and he'll play next, most of next season at 34. All right. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't depend on him. I wish I could. If he didn't have these injuries, I'd be totally cool with him and and, uh, and Carter Hart being the guys, but I don't see it. I have wondered about going with three goalies next year. What if you just don't carry a, what if you just don't carry an extra forward? You know, like what, if you need someone, call someone up. You got plenty of guys in the AHL. Why Corbin Knight will get that, you know, if you absolutely need to bring up whoever, like Corbin Knight's going to get through waivers, send them down, call them up, whatever, you know, like I, I don't see that being a big problem. What if you just don't carry an extra forward and carry an extra goalie instead? Thoughts on bumping TK down to the third line? Uh, they try this every now and then. One, to get JVR going, and two, to um, try to give TK ownership of his own line. I don't dislike it. Um, you know, when the answer was, like, in the playoffs last year, because I thought as as much as it was moving Raffle up to the first line, I thought it was a little bit about, okay, Travis Konechny is awesome. Let's try to get him to carry his own line. And then we can probably get the same kind of production out of Couturier and Drew, regardless of who the other winger is. But, like, when the other winger is Michael Roffel, it's really not a good idea. Um, I like Roffel. You know that. But, like, on the first line, that's stupid. Um, trying to get a spark for that third line, trying to get a little something going, try to give, okay, let's see if TK can do this thing on his own. Um, I, I don't hate it. Uh, it's not what I would do uh, unless we had another, you know, really good third line center. Then I'd, you know, be much more, uh, much more okay with it. But I don't know. It's, I, I like that. Um, I like that Gordon's willing to try things. That's one thing I really like about Scott Gordon. Um, it doesn't always work and it might not always be something I agree with, but all right, our power play sucks. Let's go with a five forward power play. See if that'll spark it. You know what? We really don't have 12 good forwards, so let's just dress 11 and go with our seven defensemen. If we're going to go with our 18 best skaters, I have deemed that seven of them are defensemen. I don't have a huge problem with that. I don't know if it's necessarily sustainable through a whole season. I don't have a huge problem with it. I like the line shuffling he does because most of these guys have been playing together long enough that it shouldn't be like, oh, well, how can they build any chemistry? Most of these guys have been together two-plus years now, and a lot of them way more than that. So uh, I, I don't have the biggest problem with mixing up the lines. Um, I like trying to get a spark and try to spread around the uh, try to spread around the wealth on the lines. Uh, I don't know if TK is necessarily the guy I want doing it, but I don't have a huge problem with it in theory. Just missed a great interview with Jake. He never disappoints with the mic on. He is very entertaining. He is so sarcastic and dry. Uh, he cracks me up. The, uh, one thing, on I, I say it all the time. The thing maybe I appreciate most about Voracek is that on a team completely devoid of good quotes, he gives you one every time. Islanders aren't going anywhere in the playoffs. No, once they're there, I mean, I don't – I think the Islanders are – at the beginning of this year, I thought the Islanders were going to be better than people expected. 
But to me, that was like bubble playoff team. Um, the fact that they were in front in this division for portions of this season was surprising. Um, but do I think they're actually good? I do not. Uh, who do they have right now in the first round? Pittsburgh? Yeah, like that probably isn't going to go their way in a playoff series. Jake saying he thought the puck was closer and was bracing himself for the hit. Also mentioned Boychuk acting like it's WrestleMania with the finger pointing. It <laughs> said Boychuk also sucker punched 19-year-old Patrick last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, I don't think Jake belongs in jail or anything for it. I think it was a bad play, and I think he admits he thought the puck was closer. And bracing for the hit, he, you know, he went for that reverse hit. I think his arm came up a little high. I don't know. It doesn't look like it hit Boychuk in the head. Um, but I thought the, the way the arm shoots up kind of indicated uh, he there was a little bit of intent there to throw the hit, not just brace himself. Uh, and if the puck is closer, I don't think it's nearly as bad. Um, there has been a little bit of talk of, you know, the reverse hit is interference. Um, and technically, I guess that's true. I mean, this isn't – this he the, the puck isn't nearly close enough. He's ineligible to be hit. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's funny. Ah, that's so funny. I love Jake. We're doing well at the right time while they're failing at the right time. Uh, we only Long Island this year. Back to Brooklyn you go. <laughs> uh, they're going to play their first round playoff series in uh, in Long Island, which is, I guess, on Long Island is what they say up there. So oh, I hate that so much. Like waiting online. I f- Ugh. You're in line, goddammit. I hate it. Uh, but, yeah, their first playoff series is going to be played uh, at that at that old shitty building. Uh, but they love it. I appreciate that they still have, like, their spectrum. Um, it would be really cool if the Flyers played in the building they won their Stanley Cups in. You know, a, a building with some personality, some life. The center has never had that uh, the way, um, you know, the spectrum did, obviously. And I, I think it's cool that they hang on to that building as, you know, much of a dump as it is. Who's next on the scape, scapegoat depth chart after AMAC? Well, like I, we still have Veronian Knight in there. Knight had that. Uh, that was a beautiful deflection by Knight. He made a hell of a play on that if he was on offense. Get him on that second power play unit. I'm joking. Please don't. Um, but, yeah, uh, we still have Knight and Veroni, and those are the guys no one has any attachment to. So, you know, we can throw them under the bus. Um, I think – there's sentiment growing against Robert Haig for the first time, really. I think Haig will be next on the blue line because people are starting to realize that Radko Gudis has uh, bounced back after that awful second half last year. Um, you all know I'm a Gudis fan, but my God, was he terrible in the second half of last season. And that playoff series was just dreadful. Uh, he has bounced back well. Um, you know, right now, He's one of your uh, – he belongs in a, in, in a top four. I, to me, he's a perfect, like, fifth defenseman. Um, you know, if you can get something for him in the offseason and you want to move some things around with this blue line, I'm not totally against it, but I like Radko. So, yeah, I think the two forwards that no one has any attachment to in Veroni and Knight are your forward scapegoats. And Robert Haig, I think, is the next – he'll be the next Andrew McDonald. Stoli 37 shots saves on four Stoli 37 saves on 40 shots 3-2 loss to Toronto that's funny we've seen this story before run Elliott into the ground and he falls apart so far so good he had the scare today but um I just don't to me it's more about uh, 
don't we need to be evaluating Cam Talbot? So between Knight and Veroni, which one will be named the Gretzky of a European country during the lockout, and which one will be a drug kingpin? I guess we'll have to see. Guess we'll have to see. Feel like Hartman shouldn't be on the fourth line. I know the lines changed throughout the game, but hopefully that isn't something Scott tries to roll with. And he got, right, consi- not considerably more. He only played 12-24, so it's not like he got a ton more time than the other two. Uh, 20 seconds. Yeah, he came out when his penalty expired and there's still another penalty going, the Couturier penalty. Um, so, yeah, he finished off that one. 12-24, 12 at even strength. So, yeah, a little bit more than Corbin Knight and two more minutes than Phil Veroni. So he's getting a bit more ice time. You can bump him up and down. Uh, I like Hartman. I think he's a good uh, – if he's on your fourth line next year – because you have three really good lines, there are a lot worse problems to have. Uh, but I would like to see him just get the ice time now um, just to see what he really has and give, him san- give himself a chance to prove uh, what he's worth. He's a restricted free agent this offseason. I guess it benefits the Flyers if he plays on the fourth line. He'll have less of an opportunity to pot a few more goals. I love pots, by the way. Uh, that's I, I tweeted that and then realized like it sounds funny. Uh, but like pot, uh, he potted his 12th of the season. I love, I think that's so fun. Can't complain about a 5-2 win, but damn, I really like that G Coots Oscar line uh, for the little time they were together. I was, Claude Giroux is the man. Uh, I, Claude Giroux is freaking awesome. At what point do we consider Couturier our best player? Because like every line he's on gets going. He, he makes a lot happen out there. Uh, I like G. Coots, uh Oscar. I thought it was a cool idea. Um, I like seeing the versatility out of Oscar, that he can go over to the right wing, and I like Giroux moving over to the right so that you could have JVR up there tonight uh, with Patrick. thought that was a decent line today. Um, I like that they're mixing it up. The They they really like the, the Limblom couturier Voracek line, and it's understandable why. Um, they're, they're really good together. And it's a bunch of guys who complement each other. Well, um, but I like that they're mixing it up. Uh, I want to see everybody play with everybody. Honestly, if you're going to have a spot, if you're going to have a shot in the top nine next season, I want everyone playing with everyone, um, because you're going to have to, you know, the lines don't stay the same all year. There are injuries, guys get sent down, guys get traded, stuff happens, guys go in slumps, get demoted all, you know, um, uh, I think this is part of the evaluation for next year that I'm enjoying out of what Gordon is doing. Bill, would you prefer Talbot or Elliot? <sighs> if I could have this Brian Elliot, I would prefer this Brian Elliot, but I just don't, I'm not optimistic about his chances to stay healthy, even if he's playing in a tandem. I Talbot, just because I expect him to be able to play the 40 or so games we're going to need out of him. Hey, the Blue Jackets just got their first post-deadline double-down regulation win. Yeah, it's funny what happened to them. They they buy at the deadline, and then they immediately go to shit. Um, I heard Duchesne had a really good game tonight. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen anything, but that's just what I heard. What player are you most impressed with, considering most of the players have shown improvements? Huh, that's a good question. Um, hmm, I guess I expected TK to be this good, so I can't say him. Um, 
I expected Patrick to be this good, so it's not Patrick. Uh, Sanheim. I have to go with I, Phil, Phil Myers. Too small of a sample, but I've been really impressed with uh, with Phil Myers. But I just haven't. I have nothing to judge it against. Um, Lindblom's been great too, just because I wasn't. I knew Lindblom was a good hockey player. I wasn't sure, like what exactly his role was going to be. But now, I'm comfortable with him in a top six. Um, you can play him on your third line, and you have a hell of a third liner. Uh, but I am comfortable with Lindblom in a top six, and I wasn't sure if that was going to be the case. But Travis Sanheim, just because, man, what happened to him over the last, I mean, year, year and a half? Um, he's playing like a first-pair defenseman. He's producing points. Uh, he's just making plays every night, and it's it's really great to see. I didn't – when you – when you expect a lot out of a guy, as you do a first-round pick, it was Ron Hextall's first first-round pick of his tenure, uh, and then you don't see him for a while. I don't like my expectations just started to drop on Sanheim. I was like, okay, what is Sanheim really if he's not here yet? And now, as we've seen it all play out, um, the GM was a little too conservative. The coach, a little bit against playing young defensemen. Uh, at least Travis Sanheim. Uh, he, risk averse. He was, let's call him risk averse. Uh, he was, didn't like playing risk averse. He was, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so I, I gotta go with Sanheim because I wasn't expecting him to be this good. And the other guys, except for Lindblom, I can say I kind of was. Elliot is a seven out of 10. He makes a solid backup, I guess. Uh, he's a perfect tandem goalie. If he could stay healthy, he'd be awesome playing 40 games a year in a tandem, but I just can't, I, I just can't trust him to stay healthy at this point. And it's a shame because he is good. Uh, he's been he's been damn good for them most of this year when he's been in there. But, I mean, this is his first run of hockey since November. We can't go half the season without our number one or number two goalie. I'm more excited about Sandstrom and Ustamenko coming over here potentially for Lehigh. Yeah, I think there's a chance um, maybe Ustamenko plays in the ECHL or one of them plays in the ECHL just to give them both um, – you know, enough playing time. Um, I've talked to Charlie about Alex Lyon. He kind of doesn't expect Alex Lyon to be here next year. But as of right now, he's under contract, and it's a one-way contract. He gets paid NHL money, whether he's in the NHL or the AHL. So I, that's a guy you have to account for. So I, I wouldn't have a huge problem with uh, one of the well, – Sandstrom or Ustamenko playing in the ECHL. Uh, but, yeah, I'm definitely excited about them coming over, um, you know, the Flyers organization getting their hands on them, starting to de- starting to develop them, figure out what we have in these guys. If one of them can be in the NHL with Carter Hart at some point, if one of them turns out better than we expect and we can get a great return for them, that's even better. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of, lot of potential here with these goalies that have been very good overseas, and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing what they can do here next year. Anything is better than Hackstall. Yeah, I mean, that's my assessment right now of Scott Gordon is he's not Dave Hackstall, and that's good. Um, if they can't get Coach Q, which I, 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 want, I want Quenville. Let's, let's get off the carousel. Let's go with the name. Let's go with the guy who, can, who has won cups before. Uh, I'm very much for that. However, he has his pick of jobs. If he doesn't want this job, which is – or he just wants another job more – Fine. 
if they do a coaching search, if they bring a bunch of people with a bunch of different perspectives in, interview a bunch, have a bunch of interviews, and they determine Scott Gordon is the right guy for the job, I will have no problem with that whatsoever. And if he, if this team just you know plays well from the start of next season, they, obviously they're not going to play at this pace, most likely, but just doesn't throw away half of the freaking year again, or at least the first two months, three months, you know, um, I will say, okay, damn, he is a good coach. Hell yeah. Way to go, Scotty. What player do you think uh, we go after in free agency, specific players in mind for you? Uh, I'll say uh, I, I freaking love – I freaking love Eric Carlson. I don't think they're going to get Eric Carlson. I love Eric Carlson. Um, who do I think? I think they're going to go after Panarin. I really do because he's the he's the big name. Um, man, I, I just want to center so badly. Like I, I want as many dynamic forwards as we can get, whether they be wingers or centers. But um, I really want to center. I think Matt uh, – I would like Matt Duchesne to come in and play a middle six center role. I just wonder if he's going to get too much money just on name brand alone. Um, Kevin Hayes is a great option. I think Kevin Hayes is a really good option to come in and play C. Um, obviously, I have the whole Tampa Bay thing. Um, I want to offer sheet Braden Point because I think you can steal him. And if they have to move things around to be able to afford Braden Point, you can get another one of Tampa's centers because they're going to have to move somebody. Um, I like Tyler Johnson a lot. I know a lot of people uh, disagree with that. It's just a thought. Just a thought. Tyler Johnson for 3C I don't think would be the worst thing in the world. Um, but there's, that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Um, I'm not as crazy to upgrade the defense as a lot of people are just because I kind of want to roll with the young guys, keep Radko around um, if you can. Uh, if you're going to bring in another third-pair defenseman to replace Haig or whatever, that's fine. I want to see Sam Moran get a shot at some point. Uh, but I'm not as crazy to go out and get someone unless it's a real impact defenseman like Eric Carlson. Bill, I believe uh, Sam Carcidi wrote this week that the Flyers need a top pair D-man, 2C, sniper, and backup goalie. Since Talbot is likely backup, uh, how would you fill those needs? Yeah, the center thing, like I said, I, I like all those guys. Um, they they want a veteran defenseman. Uh, a top, if you can go out and get a top pair, I mean, look at the free agent market for defensemen. Obviously, there are always trades to be made. Flyers have a ton of assets, picks, prospects, all that stuff. Um, my dog's crying to go out. He always does this to me. Uh, we're going to have to end soon. But, uh, yeah, so you can trade for a defenseman, but look at the free agent list of defensemen. Uh, outside of Eric Carlson, there's nothing I want to spend money on. Um, a sniper, I, I, I don't see that as a huge need. If you can get That's kind of like a trade deadline move for me. Uh, I, I, I don't think they're going to have a ton of trouble scoring uh, a lot of goals if they um, – if they just go out and get another, you know, center who can play second or like who can play second line minutes that will hopefully become your three C because Nolan Patrick takes another step. You know, that's the that's my hope for center. Uh, so Kevin Hayes, Matt Duchesne, Tyler Johnson, Braden Point, those are the players I have pinpointed for that spot. Let me just uh, scroll down here, see what's going on. 
offer Quenville Babcock money, he will sign. Sure, but I assume other teams are going to offer that kind of money too. I realize the Flyers just have more money than a lot of teams because freaking Comcast, but uh, he's going to command that kind of money from whoever. Uh, so he's just going to be able to basically – the money, I assume, is going to be the same everywhere, and he's going to have his pick of jobs. We need the bread man. Don't mess it up. Uh, listen, I like Panarin a lot. Um, it's another Voracek, though. Don't just, you know, just remember. I haven't heard about any – I haven't heard about Tanner Lazinski or anything, no. Do we need a D? Yeah, I don't think D-man – that's not my, like, top need. Is it, Defenseman is not my top need. I am totally fine going into next year with what we have. Um, if you want to go upgrade one, that's fine. But like, I, it better be an impact defenseman or just like a Christian Folin or something as you're six or seven. That's cool too. But it's not. that's not my priority. It's I, probably Talbot as the backup goalie, so that's filled, and then a center. Yeah, 2C, 3C is exactly what I think the priority needs to be. Besides Frost, will we see Wade Allison or Isaac Radcliffe on the team next season? I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if they're here next year. Um, but Hextall was always really high on Wade Allison and kind of, uh, kind of, I don't know, Charlie, Charlie was always really high on Wade Allison. And he said that a lot of the time um, when Hextall would bring him up, it was kind of not saying there was a, 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 a like an NHL spot for him, but kind of, hey, if you sign, you might not play in the AHL sort of thing. All right, guys, my dog's freaking out. Uh, that's all the time I have for you tonight. Sorry about ending it early. I will be back. When's the next game? Is it Monday? I believe the next game's Monday. I will be back here. And, hey, wrestling fans, I know a lot of you in here are also wrestling fans. Well, guess what? Listen to my wrestling podcast. That's right. I've got a wrestling podcast. It's on 94WIP.com. It's called Smarks and Stripes. Uh, it's it's really good. I do it with Kevin Keenan, who's a producer over there. He uh, used to be an official in WWE and Ring of Honor. And uh, Eric Turtle Golden, that's right, the turtle, joins us as well. So uh, come check it out. It's a lot of fun if you like wrestling. I'm sure you'll like it. We did our first episode this week. People seem to be enjoying it, so we're going to keep doing it. Uh, come check it out. But that's all for me. Have a great week, everybody. I'm coming, Rowdy. Jesus.